0: This episode has been brought to you in part by Canderell and Kingset Capital. Coming soon, affordable luxury condominium living at 908 St. Clair West. Nestled into a vibrant, one-of-a-kind neighborhood, 908 St. Clair West is a modern treasure, offering a sophisticated lifestyle inspired by St. Clair Village and prestigious Forest Hill. Register today at 908stclairwest.com.
1: Hi everybody, I'm Ralph Rurke. Welcome to Yehobitsville, brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. What a crazy time we're living in. We'll get through it, folks. We'll get through it. Everything's just at that point. And uh, if we can get through February in Canada, we can get through anything. It's kind of the way I look at it. Well, I'm excited to do another episode of You Hope It's Phil. We've been all over the country. This time, we're going to go to Waterloo. And uh, we're going to say hello to Jacob Sivak. Hello, Mr. Sivak. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good, good. All right. Now, for me, when I think of, I think of Kitchener and Waterloo together, that's um, true. Right. Uh, and I also think that. Of the time where it wasn't called Kitchener, it was called Berlin, and then the war, Absolutely. right? And then the war was like, mm-hmm. okay, we should forget German names. Much like the the Queen, her family gave up their German uh, name and heritage mm-hmm. pieces because they thought it would uh, not be the best idea, considering they were at war with Germans. So, um, so and Mennonites. I think of Mennonites that when I think of Kitchener yes. Waterloo and then innovation in the present day. But you've been uh, there yes. for have you been there for fifty years? Yes, yeah,
0: so I arrived here about 50 years ago. Um, a little bit about myself: I grew up, I was born and raised in Montreal, oh, yeah. um, and actually uh, did my training in optometry at the Université de Montréal. I actually worked as an optometrist for a year, and then went to the United States uh, for graduate work. And when I completed a PhD, I came here in 1972, and I've been here ever since.
1: What made you so, come to um, Waterloo? Why
0: Waterloo? Well, there, 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 <laughs> there are only two optometry programs in Canada. The one, the one at uh, the Université de Montréal, which is the I must point out is the only English language university program in optometry in the world and this one at waterloo which i uh, originated as an optometry college uh in toronto became a part of the university of waterloo 1967 for us so for somebody like myself there were basically uh two options in Canada and um, they wanted me here so I came here
1: hmm. so when you were there I guess it was Waterloo Lutheran no 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 no, no that's no, the no. other one right? what that was Waterloo what became Lutheran Laurier
0: is, that's right that's right yeah. uh, the University of Waterloo is uh, a yeah. an outgrowth I think it's uh, goes back to 1957, but it uh, was initially um, a branch of uh, Waterloo Lutheran University that ultimately became uh, the University of Waterloo. So we, we're in an unusual town because uh, there are two fairly large universities in one small, fairly small city.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, uh, and, and yeah. A lot of innovation too. Um, yes. So so tell me, when you got to Waterloo, uh, what mm-hmm. was the Jewish culture of Waterloo.
0: Yeah, well, I, I should mention, first of all, that you know, Kitchener-Waterloo has grown a lot in the last, in the few decades I've been here. It was much smaller when, when we arrived, um, I think uh, the population of Waterloo is about a quarter what it is today. Um, And when we arrived, there were two synagogues, you know, the old joke about the one you don't go to. (laughs) Um, So there were two synagogues, we found out. Uh, There was uh, an Orthodox synagogue, which uh, still exists and was founded, I believe, in 1908. That's called Beth Jacob, and a smaller reform synagogue called Temple Shalom. And um, I and my family have belonged to both of them at various times, in a way a bit of a, a back and forth. <laughs> um when we when we arrived here my wife and I had uh by the way my wife was from Montreal and uh, actually I I want to mention um unfortunately she passed away about uh, 13 years ago but uh she was a, I married the girl next door so we came here <laughs> together. Beautiful. We, we we had a little girl. We had a little girl and she was very precocious. She still lives in Kitchener Waterloo. Um, and the temple had a um, program for tots uh, which the synagogue didn't at that time and that was the reason why we joined the temple initially Right, right. Uh, we had we had two more kids and we wanted them to have a little more of a Hebrew education than the, um, uh, than the temple was offering at that time and so we switched to Beth Jacob for a while and uh, and then as uh, you know the story about politics and synagogues and I always think of that wonderful book by Morally, Targov about the Jewish community in Sault Ste. Marie. A good um,
1: place to come. We
0: we 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 ended up back with the temple and I am still a member of the uh temple and so, uh, so that so, so so that's that's a choice when we first arrived yeah
1: so when when you got here the, there were two synagogues so it sounds like there were enough families um was jewish waterloo a, a comfortable place for you or were was there any kind of tension to being jewish in waterloo when you got there
0: um nothing very noticeable i would say um, uh, you know, there, there's always been a kind of um, uh, a knowledge about the German connection in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Kitchener, in particular, which, as you pointed out earlier on, was originally called Berlin. Uh, but I would say certainly nothing nothing very obvious. Um, and uh, it, in the in the fifty years I've been here, I would count unpleasant experiences with respect to um, my Jewish background probably on the fingers of one hand. So very rare. Oh, yeah, that's um, so wonderful. There, it's hard to pin down the numbers because you were basically getting at the numbers. I have to confess, when when I saw the title of the show as Yehupitzville, Mm. I kind I kind of wondered because to me uh, Yehupitz is uh, I've listened to a couple of your broadcasts. Mm. Mm. They're usually they're usually involved uh, Jews in where in a community where they may be the only Jew. Yeah. Uh, Whereas Kitchen Waterloo, I I tried in in anticipation of this chat, I actually looked tried to get some numbers. It's hard to get accurate numbers, but I think probably uh, roughly 1,500 would right. uh, would would fit. Not that they all belong to the two synagogues, of course. So many, many are unaffiliated. Right. Uh, and and the one of the big changes 15 years ago was the uh, establishment of a Chabad outpost here, right. Right. and uh, that's been a very successful uh, venture uh, with the wonderful uh, rabbi um, and. Uh, uh, that that development has made a difference in in this place quite a bit.
1: Right. So, it, certainly, it certainly has increased the visibility of the Jewish community. Right. So, uh, are you a regular synagogue goer, or do you just sort of? I, go I am synagogue? not.
0: I, I, I am not. I'm not a regular synagogue goer. I usually go uh, for the high holidays, and I right. go for I go for. Um, here and there for Saturday morning services. Uh, As I mentioned, I belong to the temple. Uh, There is not a permanent rabbi. There's a a uh, part-time rabbi, um, Lori Cohn, who comes from Toronto. And I believe the normal schedule is uh, once a month. And in between, there are lay uh, members of the community who do a pretty good job of running services. So if there's a special one like a Shabbat Shira, which uh, took place just a couple of weeks ago, uh, if there's a service that I can go to in person, I'll go and i enjoy them. But uh, I don't enjoy Zoom services. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> but um so it, it's if you're in a small community like kitchener Waterloo waterloo i'm sure you've heard this with respect to other you hope you basically have to make the jewish life that you want because you have to you know um so that's yeah so in, in addition to the temple i belong to a um, small informal torah study group and we meet once a month by zoom right now right, right. and um Go over a certain whatever part of the Torah we're particularly interested in. Uh, right now, it's uh, it's judges, and we're a mixed group of people who uh, not necessarily have a Jewish background and uh, just want to study together. Not very large, maybe seven of us, I believe, right now. It's been a, it's been in existence for quite a while. Um, I became a part of it relatively recently. What so, made you decide? Then I, I do, what made uh, you decide?
1: What made you decide to do that to to participate?
0: Well, um, I, I, just uh, something to uh, attach me to Judaism. In, as I've um, retired from being an active faculty member at the university, I've also begun to write um, opinion pieces and essays on various Jewish topics. So uh, maybe when you get older in life, you you begin to think about uh, your uh, your connections, and and so uh, uh, this, this seemed like a good thing to do, and I've really enjoyed it and. Um, uh, so th- those would be my Jewish activities. Uh, the temple, whatever I do with it uh, in terms of the services, uh, the uh, Jewish studies group, uh, the Torah studies group, I should say. Um, and I should mention also that the two universities have Jewish studies programs. The one at Waterloo is the older one, the University of Waterloo. And at one time it had an active um lecture series. Uh, Among the speakers that came here was a gentleman named Stephen Burke from the States, uh, who has lectured widely on a wide range of Jewish history topics. Uh, That program has not been active in recent years, Um, but the uh, Waterloo, it's called Waterloo Lutheran University, used to be the it used to be the Lutheran Seminary, yeah, that was affiliated with Wilfrid Laurier, and they have developed a uh, pretty active Jewish studies program as well. Hmm. So, students, Jewish students, if they're interested, or non-Jewish students, can take classes at either university.
1: So, your daughter, she still lives there. Does she yes. have a? Does she participate in the Jewish life of Waterloo, or is it just like, yeah, it's there. I, I,
0: I, it. I would say she does. She
1: does in her own way. <laughs> I, I should say, I have three children.
0: Oh, yeah the other two the other two are sons mm-hmm. uh, i have six grandchildren by the way wow um,
1: i often wonder when you're in a smaller uh location um mm-hmm. you know i mean in toronto you've got 180,000 other people who happen to be jewish but um yes. you have to i guess make a decision if you're going to keep your jewishness intact in some way or if mm-hmm. you're just going to kind of in a smaller city kind of just blend in and went in rome you know mm-hmm. just do as the romans do mm-hmm. so i guess it, for you it's, i guess there's always been a con- conscious decision i have to actually do something about this or else it yeah. will just
0: go away yeah 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 that's true i mean and coming um, from
1: montreal right like montreal had a very strong jewish and still does a yes. very strong jewish community yes. so so it, it yes. must be a, i mean besides people from montreal all they ever tell me is well this isn't montreal <laughs> <laughs> Not the, 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 especially the bagels yes if i hear one more about the bagel, i'm gonna throw myself in front of the truck. You know, I happen to like Toronto bagels. Yes, they're puffy. I like them. The other ones are hard at 14, <laughs> 14 minutes after you buy them it could chip a tooth, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But now they get them everywhere. Um so when it comes to the 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 the, the bigger culture of of being Jewish in in Kitchener-Waterloo. I mean, you've seen that that city grow exponentially while you've been living there, right? Yes. And now yes. there's an LRT is like, you know, yes. all this yeah, stuff yeah, going on. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're you're up you're up on things. Yes. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, Commute Tech. There's a lot going on in, in that right. corridor. That's uh, right. Coolness, and it's now the cool city, KW. Right? It's the cool. Yeah. City. Well, I suppose.
0: I suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I miss the. I miss the old days. I think. But, Why? Anyway. Well, what was it like? Like back then? Was it just oh, it was almost so, rural? Like what was it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was quieter. It's a bit. Uh, it's getting to be a bit. This is beginning to feel like Mississauga. I hope I don't get into trouble with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is stagger, but, uh, um you know some of it you know changes changes change and some things are good and some things are not that great so so what's you know, what's we, the
1: uh, what's the we'll start with the what's not great and then what's great so what's what's what do you miss about the old waterloo
0: well it that was more of a uh, it, it was quieter uh you, we you don't hear we didn't hear as many uh, police and ambulance sirens as we do <laughs> as we do today um and uh it was It was safer, let me put it that way. you know you you have to think you have to think now if you're gonna go wandering around in the middle of the night of where you are, you know uh, there are certain neighborhoods that are a little dodgy. that right. wasn't true in the past right there's a there's been a you know an upsurge in um Crime and uh, it it, uh, it it that's what comes with a, a larger place. You know? Yeah. So
1: um, it sounds to me like something like you, you seem to to think. You said the Chabad showing up was a good thing for the city. Uh, yes. It, w- in what way? Well, it you know as you as we were discussing
0: uh, in, uh, discussing in a small town, uh, you have to uh, the choices are more limited. This is just a, a, a little more gives you more options. So, for example, uh, the Chabad organization uh, puts on courses. It's called the Jewish Learning Institute. Um, they provide uh, uh, textbooks, and so I've taken some of the courses, which the ones that interest me. Uh, and so, without Chabad, I wouldn't have that. Right. The, the other thing that uh, Chabad Uh, the arrival of Chabad is it's it's made uh, Jewish life more visible to the rest of the community. Um, You know, I'm sure you're familiar with the Chabad uh, Hanukkah menorahs and the lighting and so on. Well, that that started about probably about 10 years ago. And that's done in a very public place, which didn't exist before. Um, So uh, I think uh, it's been
1: very good. How did you feel the first year that they lit a public menorah in Waterloo? I mean, you'd been there for a long time and it was always sort of your own personal life this is public yes. how, how did that feel
0: uh, i was fine with it i'm
1: not sure everybody else was
0: but uh i i think uh, i think these sorts of things are are important um
1: in what way uh,
0: well uh i think that um uh in you know jewish history has been a history of um trying to uh, uh keep your head down and i don't think that's a I don't think it's a uh strategy that has worked yeah. um and um, uh, wherever it is, and so I, I, I don't, uh, I don't believe that that's a good, uh, uh, a good way to go. I think uh, being visible is, um, is, is far better. Um. And uh, I, I say this as one who has uh, been active in my own way. One, one way would be in terms of writing letters to the editor of the li- local newspaper. It's become a cliche now to say that uh, you know if you ignore history, it's going to repeat. Um, we we know from Jewish experience that keeping your keeping your head down just doesn't work. Um, and I think uh, I think it's uh, a better strategy. I don't I don't mean to be aggressive. I don't mean in the sense of being aggressive or right, or, right. or forceful. I I just think that uh, hiding doesn't do any good and so I think uh, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather
1: I'd rather know what's going on than you know just lie low and wonder yeah 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 I think you're right there's, but there's you know obviously people so some people when the menorah was lit was like oh you don't know don't do that right like well I think back to uh, uh,
0: an episode that occurred in my uh, memory as far as the timing it's probably over 20 years ago or 25 years ago there was an episode involving uh david irving i don't know if you remember but he was a prominent Brit- prominent british historian but also a holocaust denier yeah yeah i remember him yeah. you know he he sued um was it deborah Lipstadt as the the that whole uh, episode with and, and she won um and um there were certain groups in the Kitchener-Waterloo area that, that welcomed Irving uh, here, right here, uh, to give some talks, and this caused um, a very interesting reaction. And it was it was across all faiths and all groups in the community, and it led to the creation of a very active um, organization called the Waterloo Region Holocaust Education Committee. It was it was uh, purely a grassroots thing, and it, just, it involved uh, people who were Jewish, but quite a few people. People who are not Jewish, and it, it still exists. And I think. I think at this point, its mission has changed. In the uh, early decades, and my wife uh, was very involved because she, her parents were Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, the the main the mission initially was to put on programs at the local high schools to bring in uh, visitors and speakers. Uh, these days, I think the organization has morphed into uh, a, a, an organization that, pr- that provides. Um, materials to people who want to put on Holocaust um, education programs. And it's not just the Holocaust, but uh, all aspects of intolerance and and so on. So um, that was a... Something that happened, uh, a good example of a community reaction. And it was very um, satisfying to see the um, uh, the efforts and the concern of the uh, people who are not members of the Jewish community. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, when you have somebody show up, I mean, the groups who had him invited him in the first place, I'm sure were, that was upsetting to have to think about what they were doing and why they were doing it. But as I said, I've forgotten exactly when that happened, but probably 25 years ago. Yeah, but what a nice, healthy response, right? In- yes. Was, Jews was. and non-Jews coming together to go, no, 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 we're not going to be doing that one. So when you write stuff today from a Jewish perspective for op-eds and, and, and pieces that you write, what, what is it you're concentrating on most?
0: It's a mixture of the Jewish experience in Canada, the Jewish experience in other parts of the world and the, and, and, uh, the situation in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look for uh, topics and in many cases there are topics that have uh, interested me for a long time. I just haven't had the opportunity to focus on them and, and uh, put together a story. I publish. Uh, I don't publish a personal blog. I either publish a blog on the Times of Israel blog platform, or um, uh, there's a magazine called the Jerusalem Report. Yes, uh, about every two weeks, I publish quite a bit in there. I've published an article on Jewish-Christian relations um, and um, uh, topics, uh, whatever catches my eye but one of the interesting local aspects has to do with a Jewish settler who um was a part of the early Kitchener community in the early 1800s and I discovered the story by accident uh and made it uh, a particular focus during the particular during the pandemic I couldn't do very much but I could go for walks uh, I I have a significant other who goes on these walks with me and um we've uh, been able to trace some of the local history of this area uh, involving in large measure of the Mennonites that you mentioned at the beginning of our chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this this gentleman's name was Samuel Lifschitz, and he was from Alsace and um, immigrated to North America in the early 1830s. Um, he married a woman in the States in 1831 and ended up in Preston, Ontario, hmm. and opened, opened one of the first stores in Preston. He was quite successful, apparently, and after a couple of years, uh, um, he sold his store and moved to um, an area which would now correspond to the south end of um, Kitchener. And uh, and then after about six years, he left. Um, with the help of a lot of people, I've <laughs> been able to trace him. He ended up in Illinois, actually. <laughs> and um, so that's one of the uh, topics I've been researching. It'll be published as an article in um, a, lo- a Waterloo Historical Society, publishes an annual uh, journal, and it's going to be in there in, uh, in the spring
1: so uh those are some
0: of the topics
1: that's yeah. cool so you're there's still two synagogues right yes. mm-hmm. there's, there's a hillel I, I would assume at the yes, university there is. there is there's a chabad yes. and there's only 1500 jewish people in waterloo a, a kitchen of waterloo so to me that's, that's, a, that's probably uh, the top end estimate yeah that's crazy i mean that, that's a lot of jewish life and you know for not a lot of jewish people mm-hmm. i'm impressed well, well i'm not sure what the
0: membership is at. To Beth Jacob at one point it was very successful and large I don't remember if it had 150 families or maybe even 200 at one point hmm. it's it's decreased in size because uh, as people get older many of them move move away or they unfortunately pass away hmm. uh, I don't know what the membership is of Beth Jacob today um, but I know at the temple I think believe it's about 70 families when I saw recently and um, uh, you know there are some uh, functions which are Done together, and, and so on. Yeah, that's and, not uncommon. It happens yeah, in yeah. lots of places.
1: So it's great. It's great. So, yeah, your your projection. What is the future of Jewish life in Kitchener-Waterloo? That's
0: a loaded. Uh, <laughs> <question>. <laughs> I worry about uh, Jewish life, um, particularly what's going on these days. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I, I have very strong Zionist feelings, and um, I don't. I don't have much. Uh, I, I don't. I i believe the that jewish life in the diaspora is one that's is a, 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 it's a diminishing role as far as Jew, jewish life overall is and if you look around now at uh, where the center is of jewish life whether it's
1: Related to secular concerns or or religious concerns, I I believe now uh, the center is in Israel. Is that a good thing or are we losing something by not having a healthy diaspora? Um, I
0: think having a healthy diaspora is is a good thing, but uh, I think... If you're not going to have a healthy diaspora, it's nice to have a healthy Israel. I'm smiling. You can't see my smile.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, for me, I I kind of like the idea that we can probably have both because I I remember I was in Israel once doing a documentary series and I was talking to um, an American who had moved there and he said, our obligation is to live here. This is where we're supposed to live. And diaspora is not not a good idea. And I said, you know, I, I don't think I can agree with you because I think we get so much from." cross-pollinating with the rest of the world you know uh, i'm from north africa your father was yeah. from the ukraine i mean we we have found a way to take from other cultures we look like other cultures and we but it's also broadened the ability for us to contribute to other cultures so uh maybe both is what we need a healthy kitchener waterloo and a healthy you know tel aviv you know <laughs> we need them both <laughs> i think so i think so i think you're right but trying to be realistic
0: uh i saw a statistic recently it uh, indicates that three-quarters of all new Jewish
1: babies in the world are born in Israel mm. so what does that mean it means there's a lot of Orthodox people in Israel <laughs> <laughs> really no, big no. families. No, no, that's, that's where you're wrong.
0: That's where you're wrong. Is both the non-orthodox and the orthodox that I like mm. to have laws uh, So um, you know that indicates something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Thank you for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. You're, okay. you're welcome. You take care of yourself, and I'll look out for your articles in the Times of Israel and Jerusalem reports or the blog section, so I can read them. All right, uh, Jacob Sevack in Kitchener Waterloo. Thank you for being my guest on your Hopitzville. Take care of yourself. Off, all right. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. At the end, uh, of course, of this show, I always say this has been Chill, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at peartreecanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph ben Our producer is Michael Freeman. My guest has been Jacob Sivak. Our music is by Louis Semayo. And If you want to travel with us across this great country, visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear more of my work. I host another podcast called Not That Kind of Rabbi. I have a book. It's called I Thought He Was Dead. And information for anything that I'm up to, you can find at ralphbenmergie.ca. And if you want to hear more Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website. Thanks, and we'll see you next time in your